Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today, your host is Dr. Jan Bedell. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, I'm Jan Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. Welcome back for this week's Brain Coach Tip. It's really wonderful to have this vehicle where I can share with you the revelations God has given me about how to make the brain work better. Over the last 20 plus years, I've seen thousands of families incorporate the neurodevelopmental approach and see life-changing results. I have seen frustrated parents become encouraged and defeated kiddos finally feeling confident. My goal is to equip you with some brain-changing tips and techniques as well as resources that can enhance your child's functional abilities. The grief of having a child that struggles and not knowing how to help her is very familiar to me. Would you be willing to share the link to this podcast with your network? Someone in the area of your influence may be crying out for some help. You just never know when you might be the link God wants to use so another family can get the help they're praying for. Now let's delve into the subject of when sounds are a problem for your child. Before we get into the meat of this subject, I have the privilege of introducing Ruth Young, who is joining me again today. Welcome, Ruth. Hi, Jen. Ruth is a mother of five grown children and has one granddaughter. She's been a pastor's wife for a very long time and has been a neurodevelopmentalist for over 10 years. So we welcome your expertise here today and some examples that you have of your clients. Thank you for having me. If I could title this where a lot of people could relate to it, I would say, Stop overreacting. It's not that loud. Have you ever thought about saying that? Do you have a child that covers their ears when the vacuum cleaner goes on or the blender? They can't stand it in a gym like a basketball gym? Or they have to leave church because it's just so very loud? This has to do with hypersensitivity to sound. What this is, is an overload to your sensory system that causes many negative symptoms. It's something that the child cannot control. It's like sensory system is giving the impression of pain. And you know how everybody reacts to pain. They're uh, repulsed by it. They're guarded against it. That kind of thing. The child might have really inappropriate reactions because of this pain that they're experiencing from hypersensitivity. They might have fears that are just not typical or phobias of things because they are associated with a noise. You know, sometimes the kids go into the bathroom and in the, if it's a public bathroom, they're afraid of that automatic flush because this noise is just drives them crazy. So you wouldn't think that that would be a fear because of the pain they're experiencing. It is a fear for them that something painful is going to happen to them. 
They might have trouble sleeping. You know, any little noise in the house could wake them up or the air conditioner coming on, that could wake them up. So white noise is a really good thing to have if the child has got this situation. You know, a box fan, something that makes some consistent noise can help them, but it's not really treating the root cause. This interference in the auditory system can also cause some pretty significant developmental delays and learning issues. I had one child named Jonathan. I think I told you about him, Ruth. He was labeled autistic because he just had so many sensory issues, but auditory was his really big one. And when he went into a gym, well, he just couldn't go into a gym. And he was always acting out because noise was always a problem for him. But when he had some work with the neurodevelopmental approach and got his brain really solidified and the foundation working well, and we addressed that hypersensitivity, he is now able to go into a gym and do robotics. Isn't that amazing? It's cool. Yes, it's something that he really wanted to do, but he just couldn't do it before because he couldn't even be in the gym. Well, Ruth, I know you have had some experience with this personally, the hypersensitivity. I know you mentioned one time about guitars, electric guitars. Can you tell us what that does? Well, you know, I have five children, and when they were teenagers, they had their music that they liked. And I have to tell you, Jan, I didn't particularly care about their music. In fact, some of it was rather painful to me. And I didn't know what it was, and I finally figured out it was the electric guitar. And then I tried to tell them what it was that I didn't like about it, you know, so that they could at least have a little empathy, because I had to have them turn it off, because I couldn't stand it. But then I finally figured out that it's like the sound of shattering glass anytime I hear an electric guitar. And that's the best way I can describe the pain of it. When you have that feeling, is it? can you tell me what the feeling is when you have that overload? Well, I can't think of anything else. You know, it hurts, and I don't want it to keep going. It has to stop right then. And I'm distracted. I can't, I can't focus my mind on anything else until that is resolved. Oh, yes, I felt disoriented, distracted. Gee, I just couldn't function. You know, early on, I've been with you when we were at restaurants, and uh, you would kind of abruptly leave sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just have to leave and get out of there. So you just had to kind of tactfully excuse yourself because you had to guard against that. Well, you know, a lot of children don't have the capacity to think all that through, and so their reactions are very... Um, unappropriate. The other thing that happens sometimes is their auditory system just they just turn it off because it's so loud. You know they may be watching TV and you're calling them, calling their name or something, and they don't even respond to their name. And that's because they turned all this other off because they had to to be able to focus on what they were watching. So they just get totally engrossed in that. Well. We know that hypersensitivity is not the only aspect of receiving information that can be a problem. We call tonal processing a real issue where the 
information is coming into the brain, but the brain is just not interpreting it correctly. And along with hypersensitivity, if you have tonal processing too, then if you're in a crowd, you really get a lot of distortion. And, and we call it the cocktail effect, where there's all this chatter going on. And if you have typical hearing, then you're able to focus on somebody talking to you and tune out all that other stuff. But if this is an issue for the child or the adult even, the sound all around them is just as loud and just as um, taken in as the voice that's right next to them. This can cause a lot of confusion and difficulty when you're in a group. It could cause them to just avoid groups, be shy and kind of introverted. I mean, it can cause all kinds of different issues there. Well, and if they're in the classroom, they may not be able to function because of the noise. It's true. It's true. We've seen that a lot. That reminds me of story of one of my clients. The mom, they weren't uh, in this classroom, thank goodness, because this child would have really been having problems. But she said, I know that I, we had a problem when my daughter said, what do you mean a purple cow's on the roof? And we had been talking, but we hadn't said anything about a cow, more or less purple, and it wasn't on the roof. But that's what she heard. She was insistent that she heard the parents say, there's a purple cow on the roof. And, you know, that was some kind of major distortion that you just don't know how to deal with half the time. You know, I have a colleague, a colleague of ours, Ruth, that used to do auditory testing. And she had this machine that would test the profile of your voice with all the frequencies and that kind of thing. And uh, she had this one family that the mother and the son were both being tested and found out that the mother was having lots of conflict with the son. He just wouldn't listen to anything she said. He, she wouldn't, he wouldn't follow directions, all those kind of things. And when she tested it, do you know what she found out? That the mother, the tones that the mother spoke in were absent in the son's profile. So he wasn't even hearing half the time what she was saying because he didn't really hear those frequencies well. And I know this kind of relates to something that's near and dear to your heart. This kind of happened with your son. Yes, you know, Will has a good heart. He has always had a good heart. And about two is when it caused me to be so frustrating. Because I would tell him something and he wouldn't obey. He would act goofy or clown around or try to distract me when I was trying to tell him something to do, you know. And as he grew older, it didn't get resolved. You know, I would tell him something and he just couldn't follow through on anything. And then, Jan, remember you evaluated Will when he was 16 years old. And that's when you told me he couldn't hear the frequencies of my voice. I took a deep breath. <sighs> that explained it. You know, it wasn't my problem and it wasn't really his problem. It was a problem. And so I'll tell you how we had to deal with it after that. Anytime I needed to communicate something to him that was important, I would have his dad do it because he could hear the frequencies of his dad's voice. That's just how we had to deal with life at our home. Mm. Wow, that's that's really amazing. 
and I'm sure caused so much frustration until you knew. So I'm hoping that as people hear this, they'll may be able to examine their situation and uh, have a different viewpoint of, about it instead of just thinking it's all behavioral because sometimes it's really not. Well, you had another child that had some auditory issues too. Tell us about Mercy. Mercy is another child with a good heart. However, her dad and I were convinced she could not hear us. Yes, when she really? was about four, well, she would say, huh, huh, and never get it. <laughs> and so we got permission or a recommendation to go have the audiologist test her at age five. I remember this. We went in there. I, we were totally convinced she couldn't hear a thing we said. And then she came out, and the report was there was absolutely nothing wrong with her hearing. I could not figure that out. Wow. So we've done some uh, work with Mercy as well. Got her brain organized and worked on her sound issues that she's having. And she's doing much better now as an adult. Yes. Yes, she's doing so well. You, you know, you just forget those struggles when that are behind you. <laughs> that's, that's so great. But one thing that we've realized as we've worked with people over the years, we've seen people do all kinds of sound therapies, and there's a lot of them out there. And what we've seen is a lot of times they go through these expensive sound therapies and they get a bump of improvement and they seem to be doing better, and then it just kind of fades away. It doesn't hold. And we found that if the foundation is not good, if the brain is really not organized and that good foundation is not built, then oftentimes that sound therapy doesn't hold. So we want to encourage everybody to go to littlegiantsteps.com. That's our sponsor. And look under our services and see the different things that may be an option for you. We've got uh, programs that you can do individually if you're close and want to have an individual evaluation done or at distance as well. Some uh, individual ones that are done by history forums and that kind of communication or just packaged ones that we've seen great results with. So we want to encourage everyone to check that out as well. You know, a lot of people don't really realize that the auditory system has such a large universal effect on function, just the overall function of a person. Going back to the tonal processing for a minute, that influences the way they speak, too. So what comes in through the auditory system is often taken out through the voice. You know, if you don't get the information, you don't uh, say it right. You know, some children might say things like, Paschetti instead of spaghetti, and they might even have poor articulation where they can't say the sounds. It could be not necessarily that their tongue isn't working right. It could be that they're having a distortion coming in that's not allowing them to articulate those sounds. So there's lots of symptoms of this auditory situation. The hypersensitivity to noise, we've, we've talked a little bit about and how impactful that is. And then it could cause things like the voice to be high-pitched or even a monotone voice if they're not picking up the right input. It can cause focus issues because any little sound can distract them 
or their attention span to be short as well. They could even do things like constantly hum to themselves or make noise all the time because they're trying to drown out what's behind them because it's so distracting to them. They have to do that to just even focus on anything. And of course, that constant humming could be really irritating to moms and uh, other siblings as well. So that can cause conflict in the family. They often, even if they have hypersensitivity, they can speak loudly themselves. And it's kind of strange. Moms go, I don't understand how they can be hypersensitive because they're loud all the time. But again, they're compensating for that and trying to make that noise themselves because they know what's coming you know, when they make it themselves. And uh, it helps take out that other distraction. So it can be a real challenge for some of the families. Sometimes these distortions, whether it's hypersensitivity or tonal, it can cause them just to miss words altogether. I have some friends that it's really interesting, their relationship. The husband came to me to see if I could help any because he says it's just so frustrating talking to his wife. You just, he says you just ask her this simple little thing like, can you go to the store and get some milk and eggs? And he says it takes her forever to answer that simple question. And I said, well, what if she, because of her tonal processing issues, she hears things like, can you go to the store and get some ilk and ag? And she has to think to herself, there's no ilk at the store. He must mean milk and eggs. There's no bags. Is that bags or eggs? Eggs. Yes. And then she can answer him. But do you see how, what kind of gymnastics she has to go through? to get that to the conclusion because there's so much confusion in what she heard. Now, I know that you have an example. One of your clients came to you very frustrated about their daughter. Yes, this particular mom was asking her daughter to do chores. Like, for instance, she was in the laundry room. She told me this. And she simply asked her daughter if she would move the laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. Now, you have to understand, Jan, she has told her daughter that probably for many years, at least once a week. Because she was an older teen, right? Yes, yes. So this was not a hard thing, but the daughter just stared at her. And the mom complained to me that it felt so frustrating for the daughter to just stare at her. She thought it was a behavioral issue, and she was taking an offense. The mom was taking it all quite personally, thinking that the child had something against her or was defying her in some way. And, and, and the way she told it to me was very intense, like she was angry about this. And I suggested to her that it had nothing to do with her, but everything to do with her inability to hear the words or the tones in the right order to figure out what she was saying mm -hmm. and she would eventually answer and she would eventually go ahead and follow through to do what was asked it just took her some time to figure it all out so it may have been like that example yes. that i just gave with with my friends where she was having to like he was speaking a different language almost and she had to interpret all that before she could answer that's very interesting because it can cause all kinds of conflicts in the family when the child is not responding, and you just don't understand why. But as we've said all along, you have to keep looking 
for the root cause. Why is the child doing what they're doing? Whether it's being too loud, whether it's not responding like this young lady, whatever it is, you have to find the root cause. So let me give a little example of what you can do to help this situation to begin with at least. So as we stated, you really need an organized brain and we've got webinars on that and information on the Little Giant Steps website as well. But one thing you can do at home is stimulate that auditory nerve. Now the best way we've found to do that, at least starting out before you go search out some expensive sound therapy, is with uh, the best set of headphones that you can find. So you really invest in the headphones that are ear in. So the ear is going to be covered by the whole headphone like, like a pilot's earphones where it goes all the way over his ears. And you get the ones with the best ohms and hertz. You look up uh, that and find the best ones that you can afford and buy those. And use those for a therapy type time. The best music to use is Mozart. And you work up from about 5 minutes up to 15 minutes twice a day of Mozart. And after you do that for about 4 months, you might add some Gregorian chants. And, you know, alternate one time Mozart, one time Gregorian chants. And then you can add some other Baroque music. But the reason that we do that is Mozart has the widest range of frequencies to stimulate that auditory nerve. And then the Gregorian chants, they have the voice tones. So that really helps. And we've seen a lot of good benefit from that, right, Ruth, over the years? I think our success rate is about 65%. Yes, and some have to go on to other therapies after that, but this is a really good way to do some work at home to reduce that hypersensitivity that can reduce a lot of issues that the parents are having. We just want to remind you that that this auditory distortion may be only part of the issue that the child is dealing with. So we encourage you to get that neurodevelopmental DVD, really look at the whole foundation, and see where other issues that the child may be dealing with are from. You know, if, is it auditory processing? They can get a free test kit on the website to get uh, information about that. Is it lower level? or Is their dominance off? Those kinds of questions are answered by the neurodevelopmental DVD and then we have some answers for that. Well Ruth, I really appreciate you being with me today and sharing those examples because I know it's going to help people understand a little bit more about their situation. Thanks for being here. Thank you. My prayer is that you have more confidence now that you have the power to use the principles of neurodevelopment to make a difference in your child's life. If you stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, you'll receive more of these brain coach tips to make life and learning easier. Next week, we'll be exploring the tactile system and how hypersensitivities and distortions in that area can cause poor function. And often, it causes conflict in the family as well. And of course, we're going to offer hope and help for changes. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life at any age. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray 
you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you. Thank you.